Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. Good to have you with us today. This is the place we say Jesus is the way. Everything else is a conversation. And in studio, full house today, Deli, Jeremy Arnick. Welcome, fellas. What's up, everybody? Yo, yo. Yeah, even had a fuller house last week. It was awesome to uh, have Tina with us, Tina Simon. So if you weren't able to listen to podcasts last week, um, Acts chapter 9, the conversion of Saul, I think that'll be a a good one uh, for you to connect with. Uh, It was was a good time. Yeah. Uh, Enjoyed being here for that. Yeah, I love the format format that we did you know she had some questions and you know we we didn't know the questions beforehand for sure so right. yeah just to, i want, hope that everybody call knows in, that we didn't do anything in, off might have air. been feel, feeling the pressure before yeah <laughs> call in radio yeah. yeah yeah it's never planned around here is it we don't plan yeah, I don't we don't know plan if, anything. i don't know if we had to qualify that no one planned yeah. <laughs> uh so today we're in acts 14 and we'll just call it the power of spontaneity or something. We'll re- reframe it. Yeah. So today we're in Acts 14. And one of the things that strikes me about Acts 14 is that nobody could probably pass a quiz on what three things happen in Acts 14, present company included. Like it's mm-hmm. just one of these 15 gloss is a over, big deal. Yeah, gloss over 15 chapters. is a big yeah. deal. Right. You got eight, you got 10 with Cornelius, right? But 14. So what I actually want to do today is we're just going to read through it quickly. It, it literally takes just a couple of minutes to read through it and then help our audience have a, a point of reference and context. So uh, chapter 14, I'll read down through uh, verse 7, and then Arnick, you can pick up verse 8 and read down through 20. Okay, you'll read 8 through 20. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed, but the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles, and they poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. And there was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. In Lystra there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Laconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, that's interesting, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles... Barnabas and Paul heard of this. They tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. 
yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day he and Barnabas left for Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Poseidon and came to Pamphylia, and when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Attila, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together and declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they remained no little time with the disciples. All right, chapter 14. You don't yeah. have to read it today. So if you're joining us, just got read for you. Yeah. Three minutes and 40 seconds. Was that, that it? What yeah. that is? Three, three minutes and 40 seconds, 340. man. 340. There's some trotting going on in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope that was meaningful for folks listening and even refresher for everybody, right, to be able to see what is happening here, this transitional phase. You talked a ton about that on Sunday, right? Yeah. These transitional moments. What were the takeaways for you? My, my takeaway from reading this time, the first thing I heard was their effective ear. It, this has been the first time for a long time that I've listened to everybody reading a different translation as yeah, you read yeah. through it, so that was neat. <laughs> uh, but the, their effective communication and their bold words was jumped out at me. Yeah, verse three, right? Yeah, Paul that there Barnes is some significance. Time. There is some significance to being an effective, bold speaker, and it matters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that was powerful. And then also, when I was prepping for my message last week, was looking at the map, and just this time, what impacted me was they probably didn't have. I mean, I'm sure you're sure they're not. They didn't have maps like we have. And so as I think about them leaving, you know, I just picture it on the map, leaving Antioch mm-hmm. and and uh, going across the sea, and then they kind of go up through the – it's east of Greece. East of Greece, and they turn over back uh, – they go north through there and then turn east, and then they have to backtrack through there. And, yeah. and, and the Aegean Sea, that yeah, area in the yeah, region. Yeah. yeah, the Aegean Sea there is. So right off of Turkey. Uh, mm-hmm. Thinking about those and, and the, yeah, strengthening the souls that seeing your friends mm-hmm. was all just kind of a neat trip. I think what's interesting, it, it sounds like it's just simply doing the work of ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? I mean, you know, uh, it, it did say they spoke boldly. And uh, for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders, yep. uh, not 
not listed, except for the guy that hadn't walked. That's a specific, right? But just allowing them to do and move and travel mm-hmm. and support, right? Yeah. And just simply, it's almost like uh, too normal. Mm-hmm. Just this normal, uh, not necessarily wandering, but not mm-hmm. always knowing where you're going, but you go to the next place, you yeah. serve there, you minister there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I was kind of, you know, almost like, thinking about our, sometimes our idea of what ministry looks like, right? Like, um, sometimes I think we, maybe the concept of, maybe it's even Western church or something, but um, where you are traveling and then you're like, boom, I'm planting a church here and then I'm staying here for the rest of my life kind of thing. As compared to the, these guys, they were like, okay, hey, they went over here, they preached the gospel, and then they went over to this other place, preached the gospel. Oh, once it has reached these people, move to preach the gospel right because that that was they're on this mission and and that's what i think what is what was sticking out to me is that they're they're truly like um i'm trying to remember where it was they uh, i think it was right in the first part they after spending a considerable time there speaking boldly uh confirmed that it was uh spoken there with signs and wonders and then uh continued the plot and then they moved to Leicester, and then they and then in uh, 21, they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number, and then they returned and went strengthening those people. So it's like they were yeah. just constantly moving and equipping and making sure that that people were good and like, hey, you, you got this figured out. We're going to go back over here, check on them, uh, you know, like yeah. rather than just sitting and hoping everybody comes to them kind of Park thing. and build the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That yeah. just was kind of hit me a little bit. Paul did get stoned. I mean, that's yeah. probably not a, a, that's not a normal. Like yeah. Almost twice. Yeah. I, but with I also ro- would have. With point, rocks. I would have <laughs> pointed out this, this uh, possum-like thing that Paul did, you know? But that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking when it was being read. Wow. Paul played possum. Paul literally stoned and yeah. uh, car- drug out, yeah, just yeah. what, like closing his eyes. Like, like the sleepy kid in the. <laughs> In the car, right? Unless, of course, he was. <laughs> yeah, that's how I've always yeah, kind of read yeah. it, that he died and Knocked he was resurrected. Like, yeah, Lord so I Because yeah, it does denote that the believers came around him and then yeah. he got up. So, and, and I'm pretty sure these people weren't unpracticed at stoning. Mm. You know, it's not like yeah. they would have... never done it before. It's not like they've never done it before. <laughs> yeah, I think they were, like they the, were pretty, pretty yeah. skilled. The old school... Electric chair for them. They knew how to throw the yeah. switch. For yeah, sure. I think in this culture they probably carried their select stones with them when they're going to show up to church. <laughs> yeah, and and he was so hated, right? Yeah. You can imply that to get the job done, they weren't going to, you know, not confirm. be successful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When you're talking about the the movement, I think of uh, the ministry of Jesus when he would go to a city. And then uh, do miracles and all that he would do, good news, mm-hmm. and then preach the gospel to the poor, such. And then the next day he'd get up early and go pray. Yeah. And uh, on occasion or two, the disciples would come out and say, "Hey, the whole city has turned out for you. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and leverage that." Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, I'm really glad you're yeah, here. Now we don't awesome. have to go back. Let's keep going yeah. forward." <laughs> Let's get and out he here. says, "He says because this is why I've come." Mm-hmm. So his ministry was not to localize in one particular place, mm-hmm. but to throw the seed, to be the sower, cast the seed, right? Mm-hmm. And put the gospel out there and all these different things. Mm-hmm. That's a particular ministry. Now mm-hmm. in verse 23 yeah. of this chapter, it says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders mm-hmm. for them in each church mm-hmm. and with prayer and fasting committed to them to the Lord. So there is that idea as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone has a, someone, and whatever you call it, evangelism or whatever, whatever the, 
language may be, but somebody has a, a ministry or a calling to plant seed, plant churches, right? Start things, entrepreneurial, yeah. right? And then give it to someone else yeah. to shepherd right. and long haul, disciple, difference between salvation and discipleship. We say difference between salvation and freedom, right? Yeah. But the freedom and the discipleship of that, mm -hmm. difference, yep. different skill set, kind of a permission to not have to be all things. Mm -hmm. I didn't yeah. spend a lot of time on Sunday talking about the, if you, you know, should I stay, stay or, or should I go? go? Peter being the guy who stayed around navigating the the cultural assimilation and really developing a new culture of what Christians were. So he, you know, when he vis he visited Antioch, he's he might have visited several places after Paul started a church there to deal with the uh, probably the drama mm -hmm. of how do we how does this new culture, how does this new way of life? We've got these people who have turned from vain things to a living God who and they need help adjusting. And that's a yeah. it's a diff different level of difficulty than and there might the be new, new conversations. I mean, um, around the table, I've I've been a disciple for thirty years. Mm -hmm. I've been in the church as a churchgoer for 54 years, but mm -hmm. been a disciple for 30 years, mm -hmm. right? And we've got 100 years here around the table yeah. of following the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So there are, from that experience, there are seasons mm -hmm. where you're super active, you're cranking it out, new things, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. new, new creation even, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And evangelism and all. And then there's this season where you don't. Yeah. And you sit and you wait. And I, I think the spirit-led nature of these guys, so we're in 14. In 16, Paul's going to try to go up into really yeah, the Asia. north yeah. Turkey by yeah, the Black the Sea. Yeah, spirit prevents them, yeah. Isn't that great? Like they want to go up and the spirit forbid them to do it. And I always think about that particular night or Paul playing, like, let's say I've got the lead on this and the four of us are going, we're going here, right? And we're ready to go. We're packed. We've planned. We've trained. We're ready. We feel called. We feel empowered. Everybody's buying in on it. And then the Spirit maybe tells me or maybe tells all of us or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But at some point, the Spirit says, nope, just kidding. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right? Practically speaking, we're having dinner tonight going, hmm. It doesn't seem right. Yeah, what did we do? Yeah. What, well, what did we do wrong? Because, mm -hmm. see, you either you missed one of them. <laughs> either <laughs> either you missed it that you're supposed to go because the Spirit said no, or you missed it that you didn't really hear the Spirit and you should have gone. That's usually where we land the plane. Mm -hmm. yeah. But what happened in that night, in all the tension of that, I can just feel the tension of Paul going to sleep. Maybe he didn't have any. I don't know. Maybe he was cool with it. I would have tension. I'm like, man. What did we do wrong? I'd be introspective. I'd be thoughtful. I'd be prayerful. I'd be asking you guys, you know, I would. And then you, and you go to sleep and he has a vision, a dream, mm -hmm. and a man from Macedonia or Greece, mm -hmm. right? That's the Europe call. Mm -hmm. I think it's the first time Paul goes into Europe, which wasn't the plan, but it was God's plan. Yeah. And he was going to go a particular way, right? Yeah. I love those moments because they're human. They're gritty. Yeah. And they cause you to pause. And even at the very last, the very last verse, twenty-eight, they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Mm -hmm. That's cool too. Yeah, right. Yeah. All this transit, transit, movement, movement, cities, and bumping around, and hitting buses, and catching trains, and all these things yeah. they're doing, right? And then, whatever reason, mm -hmm. I don't know what a long time is. Mm -hmm. I don't know that maybe somebody's Bible says that long time. Probably more than a year is what my Bible says. Mm -hmm. 
The, the whole trip is like three to four years. Mm-hmm. So he's got a, got some time there to spend because the travel time isn't that long. So Yeah, I, th- I think about – sorry to cut you off there. But I, was, I was thinking about the Holy Spirit, just how – when you're saying that, like how big of a part – yeah, it is big, for the shape yeah. of everything. Just being so attuned, in tune with yeah. where the Spirit is guiding. Where, like even uh, even before this chapter in thirteen, when Paul and Barnabas were being sent off, right? He's, they're they're talking about these five guys getting together, um, and there may, there probably was more guys. There. That makes me hungry. Yeah, <laughs> five guys. <laughs> but they're they're um, sitting here worshiping the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said this, not like. Paul and Barnish were like, send me, send me. The Holy Spirit is saying, yeah, you're the missionary people that are going. And then continuing on, the same with the elders here. They, it's not like they're, they appointed elders, but with prayer and fasting, then they committed them to the Lord. Like that, it's just, there's so much spirit that is being led throughout this whole thing, you know, like, and again, we can have our agendas, our human man-made agendas, Absolutely. but we gotta, we gotta have the Holy Spirit right there leading every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And the same Holy Spirit, this is something that I see as an undertone in chapter 14 because, yeah, it does feel like it's just this mundane thing until you start digging deeper into the roots of it. And I see such a humility with them. Uh, I was thinking just as I was listening to Jeremy fi- finish this up and listening to myself, if that's possible, I heard your preacher voice is what I heard. Well, it started coming out. I had to turn you down several times. Yeah, man. well, I mean, man, I when the spirit hits, I'm ready to go, man. When I start reading the word, I don't See? know how to act. <laughs> but something that I was hearing in there is it's amazing to me that the word bold is used. But them being emboldened does not make them act without humility. Mm. And I, what my mind went to while I was hearing that scripture come back at me is, they're coming out of a culture, Pharisees, Sadducees, religious outside, Jesus pointing out their hypocrisy, says that they desire to pray out loud and just for recognition and all these things. And they're coming out of that. And here they are having an opportunity not to just be bold, but to be emboldened in the gospel that they're preaching and really profit from it. They're yeah, trying to they're trying to coax them into profiting from it in a way that just kind of reminds me of today. And my mind immediately mm-hmm. while you're reading that flashed back to March 2020. Andy and I stood out on the parking lot of Christ's Way in the rain. And this is like the 9th of March. This is before we even know churches are shutting down and the public <laughs> shutting down. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, but you hit me with a kind of a prophecy. And he said, dude, I, I, I don't like to panic about stuff. He said, but brother, I think that this is a change coming to the church to shift the dynamic of what we focus on. And I think about that, how we came out of that time and you see people hungering for a time of ministry without all of the pomp and circumstance that's involved in it. Mm -hmm. The disciples had that with the boldness that was given to them by the Holy Spirit. They were just pure. They didn't desire, I think it's verse 15, and this is my big old uh, King James Bible. Hmm. But It says, and saying, sirs, why do you these things? We are also men of like passions with you and preach unto you 
that ye should turn from these vanities, which we hear that throughout the Bible, <laughs> vanity, vanity, all is vanity, saith the preacher. And that ministered to my heart in that, that with boldness also comes the humility to not try to promote self. You're promoting the kingdom of God. And even when people try to move you to a space of what we may call honoring you, when they're actually taking the focus off Jesus, mm -hmm. yep. you have to be willing to not let that focus shift. But you might get beat up for it. <laughs> because we live in a time where self-promotion is my brand and who I am. That's so much a part of what we do. And so to be spirit-led and emboldened, I think it's also to be humble and keep the focus on Christ and not yourself. Yeah. yeah. So to know the yeah. source. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Right, God can use us mm -hmm. when we know. There's a couple things here. To know the source mm -hmm. is one thing. Mm -hmm. To proclaim the source is a, yeah. another thing. Yeah, that's good. Right, yeah. so to know the source mm -hmm. is one thing. I know God's doing that. You're praising me to high heaven and I don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just let you do it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's not good. It's not good ultimately, right? And so for them to cry out and go, fellas, that's that's not what's going on here. Like, this is not us. Yeah. You look on us, you think it's us. It wasn't us. Yeah. And that's not false humility. They are pointing uh, to Jesus. It's clarity. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, clarity. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the truth. And, and, and working from that understanding probably is what equips and qualifies us to be vessels that God can use in that way. I don't know if I've said this lately. I, I go in seasons of saying this. I have prayed, uh, and again, in seasons uh, throughout ministry, and particularly for this church, that I, I say it this way, I, I don't want God to do one single miraculous thing in this building until we're able to pull it off. Meaning, That's good. Yeah. we have the character, yeah, character mm -hmm. yeah. right, mm -hmm. and the teachability and the humility and mm -hmm. clearly the perspective, right, yeah. to recognize who this really is, mm -hmm. who it's not, and we're not Facebook posting and yeah. pumping our own Preach brand. <laughs> you know, we're not doing that, right? Because yeah. I don't want it to destroy us. Oh, my goodness. I've been thinking so much lately about, well, we went through the Gospels, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about the miracles of Jesus. And I've been saying this a lot, right? That Jesus had kind of like a path he was on, and then someone called him into their moment, and he did a healing that I don't think he was planning to do. Right. Whether it's the Syrophoenician woman that he calls a dog or just someone along the path, the Bartimaeus. Mm -hmm. He seems to be just walking to the store, right? And Bartimaeus says, have mercy, and he does, right? So the calling of him into spaces, but the work of miracles and the need for miracles, which is really just supernatural intervention. Yeah. To see that, I yeah. want to see that. We need it. I believe we need it. <clears throat> and I just am not interested in it if it's going to destroy us. Right. You don't want to raise someone from the dead and wake up the next day and your news. You're the raise your people from the dead yeah. ministry. Yeah. Well, sure. It defined, yeah, you, you take it on as an identity instead of Christ. Yeah, and almost like a business instead of Christ. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't want uh I'm sure the opinions on that vary considerably, but the idea that um we we know what we want the Lord to do. Right. We let him know what we need him to do, what we think, and then we trust. And I think it's that posture of humility. Uh, I would rather, I think it's like a surgeon. A surgeon, if you're not going to survive the surgery, they are not going to do it. Right. Right? They right. will say, we know you have a tumor. We know you need this removed. 
but until we're convinced that you're strong enough to survive it, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that for you. And that's kind of the same feel that I'm like, Lord, and, and, until we're able and help us and grow us yes. to be those people and to be in that place. And then when we're able to survive it and give you glory through the whole thing and say, it's, it's Jesus. It's simply not us. And we just celebrate him and move on. That's some deconstructing because people will, they, we, we want that. We love heroes. What are you talking about? People right. that make $27 million playing golf, right? I mean, you know, whatever you, <laughs> we, we love heroes. Yeah. Right? What's interesting. I just, I am astounded at, um, <laughs> the, the first part there that I was reading, they're like, you're gods, you're gods. And then you read that, right? And you know, you're amazing. And we want to sacrifice to you and you're Zeus and Hermes and all these different things. And then it says, uh, and then they brought some people in and stoned them. <laughs> yeah. Verse 19. Some, and then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. Yeah. That can be an entire discussion, right? Yeah. Wow. The folks yeah. that praise us and exalt us and put us on these pedestals and we allow it and we act like we're something more than just a flashing, you know. Yeah. Flash in the pan. Star, yeah. sizzle. Well, and these guys didn't even allow it, and it was still the I, right. flash in the pan. And they immediately changed. Imme- not just, yeah, you guys are stupid. No, no, no. So we're going to stone you. Mm-hmm. We're going to worship you. And then, boom, flip of the switch. We're going to stone you. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see people start taking out palms and waving them, yeah. I know within seven days there's going to be a, a crucifixion. crucifixion. <laughs> So you might as well. Well, not I think it's interesting. I, I think as that, leaders, yeah. anyone that aspires to leadership or ministry or service needs to recognize it's service. Yes. Right. And and you know you serve at the we serve at the pleasure of the president. You know that kind of <laughs> deal. And we and as the Lord uses us, the tools in the shed or whatever metaphor you need, as He reaches to us and uses us, He we're the violin. He's the master. Right. Right. And for Him to be able to use us in that way, and if something great happens. Great. And if we get to be Ananias, as we talked about last week, and we have one intersection that's pretty amazing, okay. Yep. We're going to go back and work at the hardware store and coach the soccer team and, and be, a, be a light to people. And I think the perspective of that feels like maturity to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great word for it. Because yeah. there is some stuff that happens, some of these hardships, right? Even when they denounced it, like, that's yeah. not us, guys. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and you should think about all the – these guys went through, met people, and then came back through, and then yeah. met, he took other journeys. There had to be some of those solid people who yeah. their homes were open, their hearts were open, they were feeding these guys, they were com- being in community, and none of their names are mentioned in any of these. Yeah. But they they provided the the tapestry for all the other connections that we see happen Mm -hmm. that we do read about. I mean, this guy who started walking, where did he go? Who did he, who did he spend time with? Who did he celebrate with? And uh, so so we we don't want to, we read these, this giant highlight reel. And I don't think we should, excellent point, you know, view, view our faith. Like we, tend to view our lives if we spend too much time on Instagram. That's right. That it's, that it's, lack, it's lacking flair that 
that Paul and Barnabas had when Luke Luke went and said, "Here's the highlight reels, excellent Theophilus. Here's yep. here are the important things that you need to remember, mm-hmm. but you don't know anything." Yeah, what about is the Theophilus? book of Acts? 20, 20, 30 years, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, uh, probably at least thirty years from thirty yeah, to 60. over thirty. Yeah, yeah. Thir- almost seventy years. I mean, almost forty years to seventy. Yeah. yeah. So this extended time, 28 chapters, right? And we act like this was happening every three days. Yeah. yeah. Right. right? When in fact, years, yeah. yeah, that one verse, and they stayed there a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just glaze just, over that. And just, realize how long and just there. you know, in the word, <laughs> hanging out, making stuff, serving, enjoying each yeah. other. And, and what if there was a note and, and nothing... Nothing crazy happened? Yeah, nothing <laughs> crazy happened in that year, or I would have wrote yeah. about it. Yeah. But it's interesting the way that you drew that parallel between the guys that are the apostles ministering. Mm -hmm. And at the start of their ministry, if you jump all the way back to the Gospels, these are the guys that ask Jesus, who's the greatest? (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to be the greatest? And Jesus kind of humbles them. And then, I I know for (laughs) me, that you just basically mapped out my journey as a musician and a singer. When I was young, it was, I got, I've got to be great. I've got to be great. And who's going to be great? And what do people think? Until I started going places and didn't have a sound guy. I started <laughs> going places and didn't have somebody to help me carry the equipment. And it humbles you. The way they went from house to house had to make them see, man, we're just the sum of a lot of moving parts. And we can't do ministry. Okay, so I'm not sure how many mission trips that you've been on. I know around the table we've been on a few, right? Mm -hmm. But I can recall a time or two where I've been on a mission trip, right? Norway and other places, El Salvador, different places. I was a speaker, right? The speaker. And I slept in someone's basement next to the walk-in shower by the laundry (laughs) on a cot Mm -hmm. right that night. Not quite as glamorous yeah. right. as the two hours before, right? In front right. of the big crowd, the yeah. big green, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're sleeping on the cot, mm-hmm. and you're by yourself, and your family's 14,000 miles away. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, yeah. this is... And you, yeah, right? And so I think it's interesting. We need to wrap, wrap wrapping up today. I think it'd be remiss, and we've touched on this a little bit. Verse 21, it says, they preach the good news. Yeah. That's awesome. They won a large number of disciples. Awesome. They strengthened the disciples, encouraged them to remain true to the faith. All that's cool. But this is something that they say. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the recognition of you preach the gospel, right? And you, you, you win, win people and encourage and all these different things mm-hmm. with the understanding yeah. that you go through hardships to enter kingdom yeah. and what you're you know who is the greatest what did he say no. the one that is servant of all yeah. Yeah. and he looks at him he goes guys can you what he really said he looked can at me he goes can you, can you drink the cup that yeah, I can have you do what I'm gonna do <laughs> they said yeah. yes they said yes and he goes well <laughs> you will don't you realize will. it yeah don't realize it yeah yeah can you yeah. can yeah. you do that right so <laughs> this I think it's I think it's just a good message to yeah. a good reminder mm-hmm. And puts things in order, and I don't know. It's just I don't know. I'm not trying to sound well, cheesy. It, it's to me. I'm thinking about it's it's counting the cost, right? Like to follow him. That's what it is. It's it's some people don't realize the cost that when you when you follow him. Like there's there's a little bit of a cost there, and you're going to strengthen, encourage, and see awesome things 
you're also going to you're also going to struggle and you're going to push and you're well, going to What did he say strive. in Acts 9? Yeah. Go Ananias go tell Saul yeah. he's going to speak to kings <laughs> and the things he has to suffer. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And just the and so for me when I'm in that place I'm like okay. Uh, you owe me nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. You owe me nothing. Yeah. And and, I owe you everything. <laughs> and the privilege, which is what Chris Hodges says is on both sides of their stage, you know, they go on Thank you for the privilege to be able to do this. I can't believe that you chose me to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And so the opportunities to go and serve and minister and recognize that if it's hard, you you owe me nothing, Mm -hmm. right? You redeemed my lost soul. Right. (laughs) Thank you, Mm -hmm. right? And it is, I think that's a great thing to end on, the privilege of that. Yes. You You wanna pray us out? Sure. Just yeah. the privilege of serving and yeah. even in the suffering. Yeah, so Lord, we thank you for the price that you paid for us. Um, thank you. God, for your spirit that's guiding us and encouraging and um, maneuvering in our lives. Um, help us to listen. Yeah. Uh, listen to you. And, uh, and walk in step with you. Walk in step with you and sharing the good news. And know that from that good news, that many will come to know you. Um, using every, every person, using us in this room, using the people that are listening, um, people across the world um, that are listening. Uh, may they uh, be strengthened. May they be encouraged um, and remain true to the faith. And, and know that with the tension of encouraging and strengthening and uh, winning, <laughs> that there's also loss and uh, cost. And cost. yeah, it's, it's a costly discipleship. It's not cheap. It's not a cheap grace, um, but it is, it is costly. And, uh, and we owe you our lives. We owe you everything. Um, help us to, to realize that, to step back and, um, and to see that, um, to be grateful in it to be uh, rejoicing in it. Help us to rejoice in you and uh, see how you owed us nothing, but you gave us everything. Um, and we, we want to see you as a treasure found in a field and that we just we sell everything for it. Um, so thank you so much for, for our lives, our new lives, our reborn lives that you have given us and uh, help us to walk in that. So we thank you for it. Bless every person that hears your your voice yes. Um, yes. and that's listening to you and um, feeling like there's uh, hard things ahead. Um, encourage them, strengthen them, uh, embolden them to speak your word, your life-giving word. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Around here we often say uh, salvation is a free gift. And if that's uh, difficult for you to accept, then uh, know that uh, discipleship will cost you everything. Yeah. And so I hope uh, for us today and for folks listening, I hope 14, it gives you a little inspiration. It is the kind of chapter that most of us uh, just don't know the details of, right? It's not on direct recall. And yet, so many points of encouragement and discipleship and, and, and insight and understanding, right? Yeah. I hope you're able to recognize that. And, and rather than just kind of blow through chapters, uh, pause and, and see what's really, what, what the Lord might say, right? That's the whole Mm -hmm. thing we're talking about, right? Let the spirit talk to us. So thank you fellas for being here today. Thanks everyone for joining us. 
uh, at the Christway Connect podcast. We appreciate your investment, your time, and uh, so wonderful to journey with you. Until next time, be blessed. Take care. Thank you.